Welcome to the Geneseo All-Nighter Podcast, the official podcast of Geneseo Athletics. Uh, I'm not sure if there are any unofficial podcasts for Geneseo Athletics, but this one is the official podcast of the Geneseo Knights. My name is Brett Ford. I'm the Director of Athletic Communications and Media Relations. I am joined for the first time by Assistant Director of Athletic Communications and Media Relations, Riley Dameril. Riley, welcome to Geneseo. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Really happy to be here. Glad to be part of the One Night family. Riley, talk just briefly about your um, athletic communications background. Uh, just just touch on a couple of your, your stops um, before Geneseo. Yeah. Uh, so most recently, I was the Sports Information Director at Maritime College in the Bronx. Uh, covered... 15 sports there, uh, part of the Skyline Conference. Uh, you know, really great experience for me as a young SID to kind of get my feet wet and try out a bunch of new things, see what worked and what didn't. Uh, before that, I was a hawk at New Paltz as the assistant SID for a year. Uh, won't talk about that too much. And then uh, before that, I was a student at SUNY Purchase where I worked in the sports information department. Glad to have you aboard, Riley, and uh, certainly a welcome addition to the One Night family. Geneseo Women's Tennis is off to a 3-in-1 dual meet start through the fall. They just completed their fall season. Of course, women's tennis with the split season. They'll play their non-conference slate in the fall before taking on the rest of the Suniac in the spring when they host their... Uh, the SUNYAC Championships also in the spring, and then, of course, the NCAA Championships in the spring. Uh, Riley, talk to me about the Geneseo women's tennis uh, fall season. Yeah, like you said, they are, they're they 3-1. and one. They, they picked up wins against Nazareth, St. John Fisher, and Houghton. Uh, you know, all pretty convincing wins. 7-2 uh, against Naz and Fisher and a 9-0 against uh, Houghton. You know, they, they've... They've showed really strong play in both singles and doubles, which is promising. You know, you, it's really important to get up in doubles 2-1 or 3-0 uh, to take that lead into singles. Uh, on the doubles side, you know, Grace Klomp, Juliana Scholes, they're 3-1 and one at second doubles, and Natalie Kroll and Kylie Seiler are 3-1 and one at third doubles. Uh, it's really promising to see that depth in their lineup and, and winning uh, there in doubles. Uh, on the singles side... Got a couple impressive records. Grace Klomp is 3-0 and at fifth singles. Scholes is 3-0 and at third singles. And uh, Rory Tobin's 3-0 and at fourth singles. So, you know, I think there's a lot of promise there for the spring season. And, you know, hopefully with some good training over winter and early in the spring, they'll, they'll be ready to go and keep that momentum going. Yeah, and having that kind of reliable one-two punch at second and third doubles, like you said, gives you that 2-1 lead after doubles play. And then, you know, you just rattled off three singles players. That's five points right there. That's that's a almost a guaranteed win if, if those five uh, come through. So right. that's huge. Geneseo, men's and women's cross country. They got a they got a home meet with Mike Woods on invitation on October second. But uh, Brett, why don't you tell us how their season's gone so far? Sure, yeah. Uh, SUNY Jubilee, Geneseo men's and women's cross country, uh, running very strong once again. Both teams ranked in the top 15 in the United States Track and Field Cross Country Coaches Association polls. 
Uh, Geneseo men's cross country ranked number four in the nation, while the women's cross country team is ranked number 13 in the latest uh, national poll. Um, Geneseo men's cross country, we've really only seen the the Knights' full-fledged roster one time so far, and that was uh, at the Maribel Sanchez Southern Invitational up in Dartmouth. Um, Nikki Andrews was the Knights' top finisher. He finished third with a 25-27 time in the 8K race. Uh, Ezra Ruggles in sixth, just a few seconds behind him. Tyler Sinal, who's had a really nice season, uh, finished ninth in that race. Then Charlie Wilson right behind him at 25.50 and 10th. And then, uh, of course, Matt Blauvelt, Riley Grossman, Bradley Farnham rounding out that top lineup for the Knights. Uh, and we should see them again on Saturday, October 2nd in the Mike Woods Invitational. Be curious to see uh, the kind of times that they're posting on that 8K course, uh, which is going to be the same site of NCAA Regionals later this season. Uh, on the women's side, the Knights ran their top team at the Harry F. Anderson Invitational, hosted by Roberts Wesleyan, uh, in late September. Windsor Ardner, the junior, uh, earned first place in that 5K race with an 18:11, with Kathleen McCary right behind her in second, posting an 18:13. Geneseo uh, had five finishers in the top ten as Rachel Hershkin, Sierra Knott, and Penelope Crean all coasted in into that top ten. Uh, 1837, 1839, and 1843, respectively. And then Caitlin Grossman and Tess Dignan rounding out the Knights' top seven in that race. So, once again, both programs perennially, uh, you know, top programs in the country and, and ranked, like we said, top 15 in the USTFCCACA poll. Uh, so they've got a couple exciting meets coming up. Mike Woods Invitational, October 2nd. Suniac Championships over at Cortland, and then we're back here for the NCAA Regionals on November 13th in Geneseo, the National Warplane Museum adjacent to campus. Make sure you guys get down there and support our Knights uh, in those races. So the Geneseo Knights added women's golf this fall, first time sport, and uh, they got into some action this fall. Brett, why don't you tell us more about it? Yeah, it was, you know, this is a plan that's been coming together for almost two years now. You know, prior to the pandemic, Geneseo had announced that it was adding women's golf. The pandemic kind of shut things down for everybody, uh, which included the women's golf program. And now, you know, finally in the fall of 2021, the uh, Geneseo women's golf team gets to make history. You know, Morgan Stubley and Brooklyn Rogers teeing off for the first time as members of the Geneseo Knights women's golf team. Uh, they become the first the first women's golfers in Geneseo history. So, uh, pretty cool little note there. Um, so at the Cortica Invitational in late September, Rogers and Stubley both competed. Uh, Rogers carded a 95 in her first collegiate round, then turned around and put up an 89 in the next round uh, or the second round the next day. Um, and then Morgan Stubley went 97, 96 to card a 193 over 36 holes. So really good showing, breaking 100 on all four rounds. I don't think that I could have done that. Nope. Uh, and I golf pretty pretty consistently on a recreational basis. So uh, really good rounds from, from Brooklyn and Morgan and really happy to have them aboard as uh, women's golfers. Geneseo men's soccer uh, off to kind of a, an up and down start here so far this season. Riley, talk to me about uh, 
you know, Coach Howlett and his team and how they've performed so far this fall. Yeah, so they, they stand at 3-4-2 and two right now. Uh, they, they are currently 3-0-1 at College Stadium. They picked up 4-0 wins against Houghton and Alfred, as well as a big 2-1 to one overtime victory against Hobart with your uh, infamous Hilkamania graphic. Uh, you know, so that was a big game winner for them. And then they tied number six Rochester 1-1, which was a really big result for them. Uh, and then, you know, after playing number six Rochester, they travel to Oneonta, number 11 in the country, lose that one 3-2, uh, to two, put up a really good fight. Uh, so they're, they're heading into more Suniac play with a really big game against Brockport on October 2nd, uh, looking to get back in the win column. Uh, you know, I mentioned Hilke before. He's leading the team in points, goals, assists, uh, three goals, three assists. Uh, Tyler Lewandowski, two goals, one assist for five points. Ari Samui, two goals, one assist for five points. And uh, Will Price has given them a lot of good minutes in net. Uh, he's, he's started eight games for them, got 26 saves. Uh, he's been playing really well. So, you know, they, they've they played a lot of tough teams in the non-conference game, and that's really good preparation because the Suniac's a very difficult conference for men's soccer. So, you know, I'm I'm really excited to see what they got and see them take, take the field some more this season. Riley, why don't we dive right in and, and you can give us a rundown of the uh, Geneseo women's volleyball team. Yeah, uh, so the the women's volleyball team uh, currently sits at six and seven, uh, but they are one and zero in Suniac play with a pretty big conference win against Brockport at home on the fifteenth. Uh, they they took out the Golden Eagles in five sets. Uh, you know, Brockport's one of the stronger teams in, in the Suniac, and that was a really big win for them. Uh, you know, they. They've stacked their non-conference schedule with a lot of tough competition. And now, after beating Rochester on the 28th and 4, uh, they head into the heart of Suniac play. So it'll be really interesting to see how they stack up. All right, exciting news for All Nighter podcast fans. We're here with Junior Libero. Emily Haber from the volleyball team. Emily, welcome to the show. And uh, Riley's going to give you the rundown here and probably grill you, being a former uh, <laughs> Division Three volleyball player himself. I'm sure he'll give you the business, but uh, I'll let you kind of take it away here. Sounds good. All right, Emily, uh, I'm, I'm going to get right into it and start with your guys' five-set win against Brockport. Can you just kind of take me through that match and, you know, what it was like being on the court and get picking up that big dub? Yeah, it was definitely, like, really crazy because obviously that was a huge redemption match for us. Um, I think what really carried us through is, like, wanting to do that for the people that, like, weren't there, the alumni, because we've talked about that match a lot, and that's something that, like, we've always had our mindset on. Even though it wasn't, like, for the title, it still, like, was almost kind of personal for us because we wanted to get that one back. So it was super cool. It was obviously a crazy game. But I think it was just, like, a lot of discipline on our side, like, knowing how important that was to us and how, like, we didn't want to have them come in again into our own gym and, like, take that win from us, so. Yeah, 
And, you know, looking at the season as a whole, you guys were a little bit up and down heading into that match. Do you think that the win against Brockport can be seen as a turning point? Yeah, I mean, it was definitely a step forward. We definitely, like you said, had like kind of an up and down beforehand, which was a little bit unnerving for some of us, I think, because that's not necessarily something we're used to. But at the same time, it was definitely like, a big step forward because we wanted it so bad so it kind of pushed us into some sort of like consistent consistency moving forward that even though we kind of started off a little rocky at the same time it's not about how you start it's about how you finish so we're kind of just looking from that match and to build on that match on how we kind of came together as a team in that moment to secure the win and just keep that going through Obviously, this weekend, we have SUNYAC weekend and, you know, the rest of the SUNYAC conference play. Yeah. Uh, so, defensively, you're, you're currently leading the SUNYAC in digs per set. Uh, you know, what, what's been working for you and what's been working for the team in kind of stopping your opponent's attack? Yeah, I mean, it definitely helps with the blockers on my team that I have. We do a really good job of closing the block and making sure that nothing is really open besides where I'm supposed to be standing so we do a good job of like filtering a lot of stuff my way and making sure that like since we have a tight block we have like reliable defenders in the backcourt so it's definitely really helpful it's definitely not just me being an all-star it's just the fact that I have great teammates that help me out and put me in a good position to make a play on the ball yeah and then offensively you know I haven't seen you guys play yet but from the box scores that I've seen it it looks like you guys run a pretty balanced attack which means that you know you're you guys are staying in system a lot uh, you know what's your guys offensive mindset in terms of spreading the ball around and as the libero how much pride do you take in keeping that ball in system yeah, offense is something that we've definitely worked really hard on this season. Like I mentioned before, the alumni, like we had a very offensive focused alumni. So we knew that there was big shoes to fill and big holes that we needed to kind of like step into. And I think that being that we are such a young team, like 11 of our teammates are underclassmen. So we don't have much experience as a unit, but we've trained a lot of like different routes, different like audibles and stuff like that for like the offensive side so we definitely have been able to find ways to put the ball down in clutch matches like that and as like a defender not being the person that goes up and you know gets a big kill it definitely pushes me even harder to make sure that we're in system because I want to give my teammates like the best chance to do that so being on in serve receive or just on the defensive end like my job is to just pass the target and then my setter is going to set kills and that's kind of how our mindset rolls through it but yeah we have um, a very like diverse offense and I fully trust them and I'm feel it's a nice feeling knowing that like we have such reliable players on our team right uh you know you mentioned you guys have a lot of underclassmen how has your setter Morgan been you know a crucial part in getting them up to speed and helping run that offense yeah, Morgan has done a really great job with like spreading the offense, and I think that comes with why we're so successful because we don't rely on just one hitter to get it done, and I think that's what makes our team so different than everybody else. 
like we can pick out at least like one or two people on the teams that it's like okay this is their go-to they'll set them anywhere but I feel like with us that's not really how it is and I think normally like thinking about it it would be like oh they don't have a go-to but I think that actually is a strength for us because we have so many options and like so many different people that can put a ball away so I think that actually works in our favor and I think Morgan has done a really great job with like developing those younger players and giving them as much opportunities and making sure that you know the hitters are running their routes super loud so that we get some single blocks up there so I think she's done a really good job with like spreading the wealth and making sure everybody's always involved yeah uh switching over to serve receive a little bit what's your mindset you know late late in a set you know close game are you thinking please serve it to me I want this pass because personally I was saying please serve it to the libero I don't want this. So, so what's kind of your mindset and approach going yeah, into big serve receive moments? I definitely always want the ball. I'm very like vocal and about wanting the ball. So if it's like a late game like that, I would love to be the person that gets the pass. But at the same time, um, like I said, like trust is a big thing on our team. So I like in serve receive definitely trust that everybody's going to pass like a perfect ball to target but yeah my mindset going into those sets is just give me the ball please like I want to pass this ball to target and we're just going to put it down and move on but yeah I'm, I'm always asking for it for sure that's good that's good uh you know looking ahead a lot of SUNYAC games ahead how are how's how's the team feeling heading into you know the kind of the heart of conference play yeah I think it's been a big switch like me coming in as a freshman to the team that I was on to the team that I am on now as a junior um, obviously we didn't have last year to play but I think our mindset is just like foot on the gas like we talk about that constantly when we're training so we just know that like we play our best when we come out hot and we come out guns blazing pretty much so we just are constantly keeping that mindset going into SUNYAC play because that's pretty much that's all that's left in this season to just keep it going and pretty much just steamroll through one team at a time. Yeah, uh, you guys have only four home games left on the schedule, uh, October 8th and 9th against Plattsburgh and Potsdam, and then the following weekend against Fredonia and Buff State. Uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing you guys in action. Uh, I hope uh, we can kind of pack the gym and get it rocking in there for, for your guys uh, last few home games uh thanks for joining us emily and glad Thank to have you, you here for having me yeah emily great job and uh hopefully no more black eyes this season <laughs> yeah let's fingers crossed all right brett uh geneseo field hockey uh off to a four and four start uh why, why don't you tell us a little bit more about their season and how it's going for them Sure, you know, this is a team that, you know, if you watch them play, you look at them on the field and you're like, wow, how are you guys, how are you guys four and four? Um, they've, they've gone three and oh at College Stadium so far this year, so every opportunity that we've had to watch them, they've played really well. Um, you know, the three home wins were the 3-2 overtime victory over RPI, a 2 nothing win over St. John Fisher, and then a one nothing win over Naz uh, in late September all three outstanding games um started the season three and oh and then kind of hit the skids a little bit uh three straight one goal uh deficits and uh and then a 5-1 loss to uh you know nationally ranked Cortland. 
So a tough schedule, very, very difficult um, non-conference slate. But I think it's prepared them well for the rest of the season. They have, uh, you know, a little bit of a lighter schedule, some some uh, non-conference opponents that are slightly less uh, or slightly weaker, and then, you know, the rest of the Sunyak. So I'm really hoping that the, the field hockey team can pick it up. They've done a really good job so far of uh, spreading out the offense, uh, a really well-balanced attack under head coach Margaret McConnell in her uh, fourth season. Um a lot of different people with goals so far this year. Uh, you know, Katrina Clare with three goals leads the team. Uh, Cassie Sturdivant, Emma Fon, and Catherine Kreis each with two. And then you have nine uh, nine players with at least, you know, one, one other goal. It's very widespread offense, and there's no real, uh, you know, person for the defense to hone on. So that balanced attack is doing well. And then Sarah Quinlan in goal uh, has posted some really strong numbers. Uh, 1.28 goals against average in eight games. And, uh, you know, 44 saves with two shutouts, including the 2-0. The 2-0 shutout of St. John Fisher is, is a huge result uh, for Geneseo. That's, that's a team that had an All-American forward that we completely shut down. So that was probably their best performance overall. Um, but Geneseo continues their, their conference schedule in October, um, starting on Saturday, October 2nd, with a home game against Morrisville. So uh, make sure that you get to College Stadium and root for your Knights uh, as much as possible. Now, speaking of Knights who have had success at College Stadium, uh, let's talk about Geneseo women's soccer. Riley, talk me through uh, Coach Wiley's season so far. Yeah, they've gotten off to a great start. They're 7-2 they're and two overall, 2-0 two and oh in conference play. You know, mo most recently they they uh, swept the Suniac weekend against Oneonta and New Paltz, back-to-back uh, -back shutout wins, 1-0 and 2-0. Uh, Liv Rossi got the game-winning goal in, in both those games. Uh, you know, but as a whole, look, looking through their non-conference schedule, their only two losses came against RIT and William Smith, both very very strong programs. Uh, you know, but when when you look at their stats as a whole, they've only allowed four goals through nine games, which is extremely impressive. Uh, you know, Molly Collins has stepped up in goal recently, played really well. They've got three straight shutouts currently, all at College Stadium. So they, they've done a great job protecting the castle. And, you know, against Alfred State on September 29th, we didn't only get to see the defense, but we got to see the offense explode. You know, seven goals. Uh, it's, it's nice to see them be able to finish and uh, put some goals up on the board. So they've been extremely successful, and I can't wait to see them get into the rest of SUNYAC play. Yeah, we're fortunate here at Geneseo to have a lot of a lot of successful athletic programs and uh, a lot of teams that, that really should advance through the postseason and, and hopefully host some home games as well in, in the playoffs. So um, really excited for what's to come in late October and early November. The next time you'll be hearing from All Nighter, will likely be after the start of uh, swimming and diving, equestrian, and men's ice hockey season. So we look forward to, uh, to talking about all three of those sports as well as our uh, men's and women's basketball and men's and women's uh, indoor track and field seasons as well. So uh, join us next time on All Nighter. On behalf of Riley Damerell, I'm Brett Ford. Thanks for joining us, and don't sleep on the Geneseo Knights.